0: Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the themes of Passover. This is part three of the series if we look at the name of the God of Israel yod He vav He in Hebrew it has the numerical value of 26 what's the significance of that that's because from Adam to Moses is 26 generations he revealed his name which has the numerical value of yod He vav He in the 26th generation of mankind from Adam to Noah 10 generations from Shem to Abram 10 generations and then we have Isaac, Jacob, Levi Kohat, Amram and Moses, 26 generations from Adam to Moses. Another principle of redemption is the recognition of the God of Israel redeeming his people and that you are in the days of redemption. It is a process and it comes in stages. In the book, Sound the Great Shofar, Rebbe Snedirson make mention of this point that the redemption comes in stages. That is because when Moses first announced God's redemption to the people in Egypt, they believed him and bowed to God in grateful acknowledgement. Nevertheless, when it did not happen right away, they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit. Pharaoh doesn't know Yahweh. So there's a principle when God of Israel is about to rename his people, the leaders of the world and the world system don't recognize him, don't honor him. Exodus chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So, redemption is associated with knowing the God of Israel, because he said, I will display my power, I will bring forth my host from Egypt, and Egypt will know that I am God. Exodus chapter 7, verse 5 says, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Thus is the Lord. And this you shall know that I am the Lord, because I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they will be turned to blood. Exodus chapter 8 verse 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end that they may know that I am the Lord. So who are the two groups of people that's knowing that he's the Lord? His people and also the world. Pharaoh and Egypt. A couple other scriptures that say the same thing. Exodus chapter 14 verse and I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he should follow after them and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all of his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord Exodus 14 verse 18 when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh upon his chariot and upon his horsemen now we see the same principle in Isaiah chapter 37 verses 18 through 20 of a truth Lord the kings of Assyria had laid waste all the nations and their countries and they have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, save us from His hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord. Save us, that everyone will know that you are the Lord. You see the principle? Same thing that was mentioned in Egypt. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 25 and 26. Thus says the Lord Even the captives of my mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered, for I will contend. Contend with him that contends with you. I will save my children. How's he contending? He is judging them. And I will feed them that oppress you with their own flesh and they will be drunken with their own blood and with the sweet wine and all flesh will know that I am the Lord and your Savior and your Redeemer. Notice, once again, he's judging. I'm going to contend those that contend with you and they will all know that I am the Lord, your Savior, the Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Once again, this principle was seen in Isaiah chapter 60, verses 14 through 16. The sons also of them that afflicted you shall come bending unto you, and all they that despised you shall bow themselves down at the soles of your feet. And they shall call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated so that no man went through you, I will make you an eternal excellency, a joy of many nations. Now what is associated when he's making his people of joy of many nations after they've been forsaken and hated? Isaiah 60:16. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles and shalt suck the breast of kings and you will know that I am the Lord is the Savior and the Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. We see this principle in the battle between Gog and Magog. Ezekiel 38, verse 18, 22 and 23 says, It will come to pass at the same time when Gog will come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will come up in my face. I will plead against him with, look, I'm going to plead against Gog with pestilence and with blood I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain great hailstones, fire and brimstone you see the parallel of the judgments that was upon Egypt thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they will know that I am the Lord when's all the nations got to know he's the Lord when he judges the enemies of his people Ezekiel 39 verse 1 verse 6 and 7 therefore thou son of man prophesy against Gog and say thus says the Lord Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they will know that I am the Lord. When are they going to know that he's the Lord when he sends fire upon Magog? So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. Look, he's making himself known to his people as well. And I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen, the heathen will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 39, 21 and 22, verse 25 and 28 and I will set my glory among the heathen and all the heathen will see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid upon them so the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward from what day forward when he's judged the enemies of his people therefore thus says the Lord God now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and be jealous for my name look he's redeeming his people verse 28 then shall they know that I am the Lord when he redeems his people they'll know that I am the Lord their God which caused them to be Led into captivity among the heathen, but I've gathered them into their own land and left none of them any more there. Now we should be able, with that background of those principles, understand Messiah's prayer in John 17, verse 21 and 23, that they all may be one as you Father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world would believe that you sent me. When is the world going to believe that Yeshua was sent? I in them and Thou in me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world will know that you sent me. When his people become one, when are, when do they become one? When they get redeemed from the nations and they're united again. When that event happens, that then the world will know that you sent me. Why will the world know that Messiah was sent when he redeems his people? Because he's got to be judging the nations as well. This is easy to understand with the foundation of these Torah principles of exile and redemption. So once again, in summarizing this principle... The redemption is associated with knowing Yahweh. All nations will know Yahweh and Israel will know Yahweh when he judges the nations and redeems his people from exile. Israel is the firstborn son of Yahweh. Exodus chapter 4 verses 22 and 23. It says, And you shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, even your firstborn." So Israel is likened unto a firstborn son who's going to have the duty to serve him. They're redeemed from Egypt to be a firstborn, a faithful firstborn son that serves the God of Israel. So did we just get saved so that we can escape hell and go to heaven? Or did he also save us so that we would be his servants of his kingdom? He redeemed us to serve him. Leviticus 25, 55. For unto me the children of Israel are servants. They are my servants who I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Isaiah 44, 1, in Israel, whom I have chosen. So we're redeemed to serve the God of Israel. So when we get redeemed, we just change who we serve. We previously served Pharaoh, and now we're serving the God of Israel. So notice, we're still serving somebody. We just want to serve the God of Israel rather than serving Pharaoh and the land of Egypt. Now we should be able to understand why the Messiah is called the Son of the God of Israel. It is a reference to him being a faithful firstborn son that does the will of his father. That's the Hebraic meaning of being his son. Matthew 2.15 And there was until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken out of the Lord by the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. So how is the verse quoted, this is from Hosea 11.1. How is that verse being said about the Messiah? Because of the principle. What happens to Israel happens to the Messiah. What happens to the Messiah happens to Israel. Israel was called out of Egypt. The Messiah is called out of Egypt. That's the principle that is trying to be communicated there. And so in Matthew 3. 3, verses 16 and 17 it says and Yeshua when he was baptized went up straightway out of the water and lo the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of Elohim descending like a dove and lighting upon him and lo a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son this is my faithful firstborn son who does the will of his father and if you do the will of his father I am well pleased in him Yeshua is the firstborn son of Yahweh Colossians 1 15 who is the image Messiah is the image of the invisible Elohim, the firstborn of every creature. Hebrews 3, verses 5 and 6. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were spoken after. Moses was a faithful servant, a faithful son, as a testimony of those things that would be spoken after. What's the things that we've spoken after? The things regarding the Messiah. Hebrews 3, 6. But Messiah is a son, a faithful son over his own house. How is he a faithful son over his own house? Because he's the one that made the covenant with Abraham. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So we have another principle of redemption that we have the phrase that Yahweh visits his people. In Genesis 50 verse 24 Joseph said unto his brethren I die and God will surely visit you. Now look look what visiting him is and bring you out of the land. Visit you and bring you out of the land. There we have a definition. Exodus 3.16 Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say the Lord God of your fathers the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob appeared to me saying I have surely surely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. Exodus 4, 31. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 and 2, there's a condemnation against the shepherds of Israel, and what we're going to see as a part of the condemnation is they're not visiting the sheep. Woe be unto the pastures that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. So redemption is gathering the sheep. And now these pastures are scattering the sheep. If redemption is visiting his people, what are the pastures not going to do in scattering? Therefore, this is the Lord God of Israel against the pastures that feed my people. You have scattered the flock and driven them away. You have not visited them. You're not teaching them Torah. You're not teaching them the principles of redemption. Behold, I will visit upon you the evils of your doing. And they're not being told that they are in exile from the land of Israel because they've departed from Torah, so therefore they need to. To return to Torah. The pastors are not communicating that message. In Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 67, reading through verse 73, it says, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Who is prophesying? The Holy Spirit. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all them that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant. Look, he's remembering his covenant with Abraham, and he's saving us from our enemies, and visiting us, redeeming us. The oath which he swore unto our father Abraham. Luke chapter 7, verses 13 through 16. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion upon her, and said, Weep not. And he came and touched the the bear, and they that bare him stood still, and he said, Young man, I say unto you, Arise. Arise? You arise from spiritual slumber. Spiritual slumber is death. So if you're going to and he that was dead sat up and began to speak and he delivered him to his mother and there came a fear on all and they glorified God saying that a great prophet is risen among us and that God had visited his people look God visited his people it's the redemption from death by awaking them out of spiritual slumber however Messiah said that Israel did not know the time of the visitation Luke 19 41-44 and when he had come near he beheld the city that is Jerusalem and wept over it saying if you had known even thou, at least in this your day, the things which belong unto your peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon you that your enemies will cast a trench around thee, encompass thee about, and keep you in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and your children within you, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of the visitation. That is the redemption. That is the end of the exile. Now let's look at the judgment of the sheep of the goat in Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31. When the son a man will come in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goat and he shall set the sheep on the right hand and the goat on the left verse 34 then shall the king say unto them on the right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world naked and you clothed me I was sick and you visited me what is sick departed from Torah so I uh, went people of the God of Israel are sick and you come to visit them, you're going to teach them Torah. You're going to tell them that they're in exile because they broke the covenant and you're going to come with that message. They're sick and you're going to visit them. I was in prison and you came unto me. In prison, Isaiah 42, 18-22 says, Jacob is in prison because he departed from Torah. So when I'm departed from Torah, are you going to come visit the one that's in prison? Tell them that they've departed from Torah? Then shall he say also unto them on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I was a stranger. You no, know no stranger means? you're in exile. I was a stranger and you took me not in. I was naked and you clothed me not. I was sick being a stranger. I was in prison and you did not visit me. You see how this begins to make sense when you got your foundation of exile and redemption. So when the God of Israel redeems his people it is also associated with him making a distinction between his people and the people that he's judging. Exodus chapter 8 verse 22 And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell that no swarms of flies Shall be there. Look, no swarms of flies are in Goshen. That's where his people are. To the end that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Exodus chapter 9, verse 4. And the Lord will sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. And there shall nothing die of all that is of the children of Israel. Children of Israel's cattle not dying. In Egypt, the cattle's dying. Exodus chapter 9, verse 6. And the Lord did the thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died, but of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. Exodus chapter 10, verse 12. 23. They saw not one another neither rose any from his place for three days but all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. There was a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt such as there was none like it nor shall be like it any more. but against any of the children of Israel shall not even a dog move his tongue against man or beast that you may know how that the Lord does. He puts a difference between Egypt and his people. Now let's look at this principle in the end of days. Malachi chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. And they shall be mindful says the Lord of hosts in that day what day? the messianic era in the time of redemption when I make up my jewels I will spare them as a man spares his own son that serves him then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked between him that serves God and him that serves him not Moses is the sent deliverer of Israel Exodus chapter 3 verses 10 through 14 come now therefore and I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I have come unto the children of Israel, and say, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say, What's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus you shall say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Notice he's being sent. Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. God said moreover unto Moses, Thus you shall say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. Exodus chapter 4 verse 28. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. Exodus 7 16. And you shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me unto you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear. So now in John chapter 6, the setting is Passover. John 6, verse 4. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews was at hand. And Yeshua says in John 6:38, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the Him that sent me. Verse 39. And this is my Father's will which has sent me. That of all which He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of Him that sent me. That everyone that sees the Son and believes on Him may have everlasting life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. John 6, Verse 44. No man can come unto me except the Father has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John chapter 6, verse 57. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. The sightings pass over. Look how Messiah keeps repeating. I'm the one that was sent. I'm the one that was sent. He's making an allusion back to Moses being the sent one, but he is the greater of Moses. He is the Messiah. We also have this principle that you are to keep the feast. Where be a feast? Exodus chapter 5 verses 1-3. through three. And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said to the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go, we pray, thee, three days journey in the wilderness, and sacrifice unto the Lord, our God, lest he should fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. What is Moses saying to Pharaoh, please let us keep Passover, because if we don't keep Passover, the God of Israel is going to judge us. Pestilence will fall upon us, and we don't want pestilence to fall upon us because we don't celebrate Passover. And so in Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. I say unto you, let my son go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, I'm going to slay your son, even your firstborn. And now let's look what Passover is. Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment I am the Lord and the blood shall be a token for you upon your houses where you are when I see the blood I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt look those who kept the feast were preserved those that kept the feast were preserved but what happened to those that didn't keep the feast they were not preserved Pharaoh didn't keep the feast so what's going to happen to him Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast in the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the sea. Pharaoh says, nope, I'm not keeping the feast. So you know what happened to him? He drowned in the sea. He became a feast. But those that kept the feast were preserved. So these are some of the principles of exile and redemption which we need to understand as people who are believers in the Messiah who are in covenant relationship with the God of Israel. We need to realize that when the God of Israel made a covenant with Abraham Yeshua was the one that made that covenant with him and by being believers in the Messiah we are heirs of that covenant promise. And so the promise to Abraham is that his seed would go into Egypt and the God of Israel would redeem them out of Egypt. As believers in the Messiah Paul instructed us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 4 that we are to see ourselves as those events happen to us. We are to identify with those events. Why? Because in the end of days, what is associated and connected with the Messianic era is a repeat of the events that happened in the historical Egyptian redemption. The God of Israel, when he redeems his people from worldwide captivity and bringing them back to the land, it is going to be a, a parallel of those events that happened in Egypt. And so we need to understand those principles, and so that we can be in the will of the God of Israel and be the recipients of the positive aspect of the principles and not be on the negative aspect of these principles. because as we just saw, that those things that happen then are going to be repeated here in the end of days. As the God of Israel redeems his people from worldwide captivity, and as Messiah comes and ushers in the Messianic era. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the themes of Passover. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.